Hello and welcome back to A Lounge in the Abyss. We're your hosts, Sebastian and Jose. We hope you can relax, take a seat, and join us as we talk about anything and everything. All right, so what were you talking about? All right, Squid Game. Squid Games. What did or didn't you like about Squid Game? See, that's a, that's really confusing because I I I liked Squid Games for like most of it. You know, I really enjoyed it, and I, I thought the character development was so solid. the The pacing was really fucking good. You know, but in okay, so so for spoilers, hundred percent spoilers for everything that we're gonna talk about about this, but. Like, in my opinion, they really missed the ball in the ending. That was, like, the pivotal point for me that it just changed how I felt about the series, you know? I still love the series, but I feel like it could have had a way better ending than the stuff that they went through. Or, like, the the, the, the route that they decided to go. See, here here's my problem with the ending. is because we spend the entire show humanizing the main character. That's true. You know, he's he's just a guy who is in debt. He's just needs some money. He's trying to uh, support himself, his mother, his daughter. You know, he's just trying to get his life back on track, right? The moment he gets his uh, hurrah and he's about to go see his daughter, he has the money now. He just lost someone in his family. He immediately gets dehumanized because he goes, oh, I have to go all main character and take this shit down. Yeah, exactly. That's exactly what I said. Like, I was talking to Becca about it, and I was like, look, the way that they went about it, it felt like a purposeful shove of, yes, I am the protagonist. I am the main character. I am the one that needs to take these people down. Like, I feel like they kind of ruined it with that aspect. There was no need to do that. They could have done a really good... They could have wrapped up his story. They could have continued Squid Games. I, I agree. They could have done it. What I feel like would have been better is if at the end, when he saved that guy from going into Squid Games, that guy could have been the new main character for the next Squid Games or something along those lines or the fact that he saved that guy's life, but the fact that he felt it upon himself, even though... They knew where he was, where exactly he was, and, and they told him, just get on the plane. He decided to go full anime main character and say, no, I'm the one going to take you down. And for me, that's, that really ruined a lot of the, the weight of the show, you know? Yeah, honestly. So, like, for for the ending and, like, wanting to get more seasons out there, I can totally get it. But in in the show, they established that there was decades of games even before this main character you know show us what these decades before games were like what kind of different games were they playing you know right obviously it's different games it's not all the same games yeah you know i, mean, I would hope so because that would actually involve a lot more depth to the actual games themselves if every single time they had these batch of characters um they tr they they had different games per squid games you know I mean, obviously they have different games because in one of the episodes, they're like, oh, this is our newest uh, thing. Here's like the model. They were like pitching it, you know, as like an idea for yeah. a game. True. So like, obviously there was stories and things like that long before this main character. What, what, what haven't we seen, you know? Right. What they could have done. And I don't honestly, what they might do is... Talk about the uh, detective's brother. He was an old contestant. Yes. Right? Who won 
and who is now working for Squid Game. You I want to see tell how that us works. his story. Exactly. I want. I want to see how that works. How he became the front man. Because in my opinion, you would have to put on an amazing show in order to be called back to be the front man of the next Squid Games or of the following Squid Games that um, took place. You know. If you listen to the old man in the uh, end of the show, he's like, "Oh, I have so much money. I was bored, so obviously I started the Squid Game." These same people who are in the Squid Game are probably getting these same amount of I'm bored money and are probably the same people who are watching these games, who are the people in the masks, drinking, partying, watching these people kill themselves for this money. Probably. I didn't mind the fact that they they made the, the old man the one that was like the game maker, you know, the one that was originally um, the one that introduced the games and started the games. But I also feel like there should be more, more um, exposition when it comes to the other the other reasons why the VIPs are there. You know, why are the VIPs there? As well as the the workers. You know, I feel like exactly. they need to go into how like how do you become a worker? Is there any way to just sign up for this, or do you have to be a contestant? Do you have to win? How how do they get that sort of stuff? You know, I feel like they could focus a lot on that in the second season. It's just kind of sad that they they really went the route of Jihun being the one to be like, you know, the main protagonist and say, I'm going to take you down, you know? Yeah. And that's what really like threw me off at the end. Like, I loved everything about the show except for that last episode, like the last 30 minutes of the episode. Same. It was such a good show, but it literally took such a horrible turn at the very end. Literally the last 15 minutes of the episode. Everything just basically shit itself, in my opinion, and it kind of it, it just really put a, a bitter a bittersweet taste in my mouth because I I really thoroughly enjoyed all of this show and what it had to offer, but the way that they went about the ending of the first season just nullified a lot of the the depth and the the weight of certain decisions of characters and certain exposition and plot points, you know. So. Another show that I uh, watch that kind of gives me the same vibes as uh, Squid Game, but was long before Squid Game. It was uh, Sweet Home. Did you ever watch Sweet Home when it came out? Uh, Sweet Home. Isn't... Is Sweet Home animated? Uh, no, it was a live action, but it did start off as a webtoons comic. Oh yes, I actually know about Sweet Home. I've I've um I've watched um Why You Wouldn't Survive um Why You Wouldn't Survive yeah, the I love Sweet that. Home. Um, I watched that episode. I looked into Sweet Home itself. It's like a form of a zombie apocalypse, and like a kind form, of. a form, a form, mind you, very liberal when me saying that. But it was like. It was super interesting. I wanted to watch this series myself. Um, I don't know if it's any good, but like the the web two from what I know, it's really fantastic. Good. I I watched it all, dude. It is such a good show. Good to know. I it literally almost had me in tears towards the ending and stuff. That's how good it is. Good, good to know. I know the webtoon was amazing, and to think that it started off as a webtoon. It, it really is inspiring because it shows that those types of things can can be amazing shows if the right information as well as effort is put into making the webtoon a reality. Yeah, so, like, the show itself is 
I'm gonna try to like since you haven't seen it, I'm gonna try not to spoil it too much. I I know a few things about it. I know more so like the monsters. I don't know which character dies or what happens in the end, but I know the the first part of the story of how how it happens as well as kind of like the mid parts. So yeah, you can you can say a little bit, but like don't spoil the ending because I I do want to watch it. Dude, I'm. It's not a spoiler, but dude, that ending, it goes hard, and I'm sad because, like, obviously they ended it off on a cliffhanger, right? Hoping a season two will come out. I don't think Netflix has stated anything about a season two. That's sad. I haven't heard any info about a season two. Because they say, even though they say it's in production, Netflix themselves still haven't come out and said anything about there being a season two. Yeah, that's true. So that that's why I'm kind of iffy about it. Like, yes, it says, like, one of the things I'm looking at says that uh, season two premiere would be in December of this year. If it is, that's freaking awesome. I can't wait for it because I'm going to watch that shit immediately, you know? Yeah. But the fact that there's no actual day in December, it just has December of this year yeah gets me kind of uh iffy you know and the fact that netflix themselves still haven't said anything about them renewing for a a second season yeah which i will say props to netflix for actually taking something like a webtoon and making it a series because webtoon is not i wouldn't say underrated but it's just kind of shocking to see a really big corporation be like, hmm, that comic that that one person, that that one individual wrote, I want to make a series on that. Like, that's 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 kind of admirable. Like, that's really cool that they Dude, actually went through with that. If I was that individual, I would have shit my pants if Netflix approached you and goes, hey, that's a cool idea. We want to make a show out Dude, of it. Dude, imagine, imagine <laughs> you put your heart and soul into a comic series online that is a niche group. And Netflix comes to you and says, yeah, we really like your comic Or they book. went to Netflix and Netflix went, yeah, that sounds like a cool idea. We'll do it. Exactly. Either or. It's it's, it's enough for you to shit your pants if they say, yeah, we'll make a show out of your webtoon. Like, holy shit. That's really cool. Uh, speaking of web series that are actually getting a TV show, um, do you know the YouTube series uh, Crypt TV? Um, that sounds so familiar, but I don't think I've watched some of his videos. Uh, they're essentially like a studio that does a bunch of horror stuff. They've been doing it for years. Crypt TV. It sounds um, almost familiar. I'm almost positive I've seen some of the videos, but I just can't put a face to the name. The uh, Birch. Have you seen the Birch videos where it's just like uh, a kid who's like gets bullied takes his bullies to the forest and a birch essentially a living birch tree takes the bullies out because they're like the birch trees protecting the kid hmm. i have well not. anyway off 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 track here crypt tv actually got signed for a tv series on peacock oh cool i am looking them up right now and i've heard of them i have not seen any of their shit though but the birch i think i've seen some art about it I've not actually seen Crypt TV though. I, I would recommend watching Crypt TV. They, if you like horror, they're really good. All of their stuff is practical effects, so like all the makeup is really good. Good enough. I probably will watch it. I I honestly say they're underrated. Yeah, they're pretty popular, but like when it comes to just how good their 
work is they're underrated you know they're doing like high quality studio stuff probably on a very low budget yeah so it's really cool to see that they are being sponsored for a show true you know it's one show that i actually really would like to see that i think was an amazing webtoon that i read all of it and i don't know if you know this webtoon um but it's called bastard it's by the same people that made sweet home i think i think i think because the art style is similar and from what i from what i'm reading they they correlate between the artists but it's called bastard have you ever heard of it no you said it was a webtoon yes it's a webtoon and i think it's by the same people that made sweet home by the same artist because the art style is almost identical and whenever i work look up bastard it shows up bastard and sweet home at the same time so i'm not 100 percent sure but the art style looks very similar but yeah it's called bastard it's a really really great webtoon i have not seen that one basically it's about a kid or a, a son that his father is a serial killer and he is basically a proxy and he doesn't want to be a proxy and the whole point of the story is that he is learning how to basically detach himself from his manipulative toxic father in order to um get away from that because he doesn't do anything but from what the webstoon describes he basically is the one that lures the woman into the house and he's the one that knocks them out and his father does whatever the fuck he wants with them but he hates it he despises it but his father is such an abusive figure that he doesn't really have a choice so the whole story is about him basically conquering the demon that is his father and learning how to work with it because he meets a love of his life and that love becomes a target in the father's eyes so it's super it's a really good webtoon and if it is from the people that made sweet home it makes absolute sense because they 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 such a good story i looked up both sweet home and bastard and i compared the art like the authors and stuff it is the same cool then yes dude bastard is such a good story sweet home i haven't read too much in it but i know it's good bastard is an amazing story on its own and i highly recommend it for anyone that loves webtoons or loves comic books or loves sweet home to be honest i have to look into that that sounds pretty interesting but maybe a sidetrack of a subject but it's crazy how webtoons have developed into a place where artists can really make their own comic books and get their own uh, like spotlight, I'd say, when it comes to that. Because there are a lot of talented artists, but the fact that they're able to have this sort of um, application to demonstrate their ability and to show their storytelling is super cool, you know? Yeah, I, I totally agree. Um, another show that I've been obsessed with recently is an older show. I've been obsessed with it since I was a kid, but I've just rewatched it like a thousand times is, uh, yeah. Avatar The Last Airbender. I have probably a little more in depth because I've recently been watching a YouTuber called Overanalyzing Avatar and all the... Interesting. I'll, I'll look him up. Oh yeah. He, he's literally going through every episodes of all three seasons and just over analyzing them he's talking about all the good stuff all the bad stuff you know he's even talking about like uh continuity issues and things like that he's like i said over analyzing it 
That's good. I mean, that's great. Honestly, I appreciate people that overanalyze the fuck out of certain series because it makes the series way more like interactive in my opinion, you know? When something can be criticized but in good way and bad way, it makes it so much more enjoyable because you can appreciate both sides to it, you know? Yeah. Another detail he pointed out that I kind of knew but never realized was every character's introduction sentence, like the very first sentence that they say in the show, describes their character almost perfectly. Really? Yeah. So when Azula's first introduced into the show, her first line is, My brother and my uncle have disgraced the Fire Lord and brought shame on us all. You may have mixed feelings about attacking members of the royal family. I understand, but I assure you, if you hesitate, I will not hesitate to bring you down. And then she dismisses her crew, right? Which immediately puts in the precedent that, one, she's related to both Zuko and Iroh. She is not afraid of attacking and or taking them down. And if you disobey her, she's not going to hesitate to do the same to you as well which is already giving you that she's a more imposing factor than Zuko is to Aang. Of course, because she is willing to bend those moralities or just to kind of do what she wants to that point. And that is actually really interesting that that, that shows that because throughout the whole series, yeah, it shows that for sure. She doesn't give a fuck. She she would glad she would she easily attacked Iroh and and Zuko for for shit, you know, just because you know they they disrespected the Fire Lord. So that is really cool. That makes sense. I mean, Azula is a character that has Zuko as a child having a mantra before he goes to bed that goes, "Azula always lies," to like repeating to himself before he goes to bed. Like that's insane. That is insane. That, that's. <laughs> Azula's crazy. You understand the amount of trauma that Azula had to put Zuko through in that small of a lifespan for him to have that mantra? Yep. If you have a mantra that's to help yourself either sleep at night, to help yourself realize something or to commit to something, the fact that he said that about Azula just shows a lot about Azula's personality. Like, Azula is someone not to be trusted. And it's also ruthless. Also, Zuko has this mantra. He has a mantra. Zula always lies. Why the fuck did he believe her when he came when she came to him saying, oh, dad wants you home? Why would he believe her? (laughs) Why? I don't know. Uh, Maybe maybe I think I would say maybe that was a conflict of emotions as well as interest because deep down Zuko does care for his family, you know? It's shown throughout the series like he cares for his father. He just wants the approval of his father. And I would say that because Azula resembles the father so much when it comes to ruthlessness, he wanted her approval as well. And the fact that she basically repeatedly talked shit to him or talked down to him made it he wanted that approval he wanted to believe that what she said and i feel like because of that he was uh, throughout his character arc and his character development he was super blind to the realities of certain situations and even though he had that mantra that mantra basically dropped the minute that azula said yo dad wants you home please like come back basically and that struck a nerve for him and that basically all his defenses all his his mantras basically fell because that hit a weak point because all he wants is that approval from Azula and his father, I would assume. I I agree with you. I don't feel like 
the approval of Azula is as high as the approval from his father. And like I said, honestly, I recommend rewatching Avatar and just listen to everyone's like introductory line because it really does kind of give you a good idea of the character of the character going in in the beginning. That's good to know, and honestly, you convinced me. I'll probably rewatch that series because now that I know that specific part, I'm curious to see what that brings about or what similar with Squid Game and rewatching it, seeing what parts I can observe and analyze that I didn't realize that was there before that Im- impacts the character development. All right, and there's so like I I definitely recommend watching over analyzing Avatar. I'm just going to be bringing up a lot of points he does cuz he does bring up a lot of very good points for sure you know and like one of them is just how versatile bending is you know because if you look at uh earth bending yeah you have like the umashu who are earth benders you have bossing say but you also have sand benders and if you look at sand benders they're they're yeah they're earth bending but you can confuse it for airbending. Yeah, exactly. You know, you have uh, the swamp, the great swamp that uh, Aang and the gang fell into, right? They have a whole style on their own. You know, you can hear uh, one of the spirit animals say that he knows that style of waterbending. You know, it was like swampy lake style or something like that, you know? Yeah. And probably a lot of people looked that over you know just like oh swampy lake style even though like a couple episodes before you were introduced to a culture of swamp waterbenders you know yeah so it's, it's really cool just seeing the amount of world building in the show as you go you know oh my god dude yeah the amount of effort that the creators did of Avatar when it comes to world building as well as character development as well as um, cultural um, building, that is insane, the amount of work that they went through. And it actually, if I'm not mistaken, a lot of the tribes and whatnot are influenced in real-life tribes that have have undergone similar things. Of course, without bending, but you know, yeah. still similar, the same. And the fact that bending is so diverse is super cool because in reality elements and that's what i enjoy from it because they understand that elements aren't just that single element you know there's different phases to that element and per every element that single phase can be manipulated in its own specific way depending on where you are in that point in time you know it's super cool you know because like an ice bender is still water bending but you're gonna bend differently when you bend ice versus when you bend water just because it's different states of matter you know it's it's so cool yeah so it's like even with uh like water bending uh one of the things that he never really realized was water benders also bend snow but in the show you kind of see the water either in the full liquid state or in ice solid state yeah. Not really in that snowy in-between state, but you do see it a couple times. Exactly. But, like, that is something to realize, that they can bend snow just because it's another form of matter that is just one of the phases of snow. 
it, it's really cool. I really, I really appreciate that effort that they went through to make sure that the science as well as the cultural um, impacts of the show mean something that it actually means something it's not just there just to be there you know it has an impact on the story and you see it throughout the show as the show progresses yeah and another uh really cool detail is in the spirit world i can't remember the name of the exact spirit i want to say it's like nope i'm not even gonna try <laughs> looks at looks at foreign language word nope mm -mm, not gonna try it i'm gonna butcher it i'm gonna butcher it (laughs) (laughs) exactly but it's it's the spirit that uh can like steal your face oh oh god i know that ang talks to oh that yeah the one that steals faces yeah i damn it yeah i'm not even gonna try I, i yeah i know his name but like i know it is like a lot of what people, what a lot of people don't realize is, he was actually helpful to Aang. Like, yeah, even though yeah. he's an evil spirit, Basically, Aang yeah. still followed the rules that are set by the spirit. Don't show emotion, or I take your face. You know, and since Aang, exactly, and since Aang didn't do that, Aang got what he wanted from the spirit, and the spirit let him go without any consequences. You know, and. That's just a lot of things. Because, like, if you look at, like, a lot of uh, shows nowadays, if they contacted a spirit, yeah. they followed the rules. Something bad will still happen to them, even though they followed all yeah. the rules just because they contacted a spirit. You know, and I, I don't like that in shows now. It's like, they did everything they were supposed to. Why are they still getting this negative effect? Exactly. When it's, like, technically, certain spirits are kind of like an oxy, not an oxymoron, but... um. It's very much a give and take when it comes to that. You know, there's there's rules when it comes to spirits. They're they're even like real life and from my experience of studying, you can summon you know, if you believe in it. You know, you can summon certain spirits. You just have to go by a certain amount of rules, and if you do, you can get what you want without any repercussions. You know, like I forget which spirit it is specifically, but I know that in witchcraft or in you know that that belief you can summon a specific spirit that can answer a few questions for you but you have to be selective with the questions you can't offend them with the questions and after the questions are done you need to do certain things to make sure they can go back peacefully and if you do you're totally fine absolutely fine and i appreciate that they do that too because now horror movies even if you contact a spirit no matter what they make it seem like the spirit is just gonna fuck you over no matter what Whereas certain spirits have rules, like people, you know, if you cross certain boundaries with those spirits, then they'll fuck you up. But if you obey it for the most part, they'll help you out and then they'll just leave. And I appreciate that. Exactly. But yeah, I've been rewatching that show a lot recently, mainly just because of uh, overanalyzing Avatar and just because I really enjoy the show. Yeah, man, that show is one of my favorite shows. I know it it counts as Western form of anime, but it is such yeah. a good anime, man. I, I, it, it's a it's a cartoon that has gained the anime privilege. Exactly, because, you know, it was influenced by the art style of anime. But the way that they went about it, the effort that they put into the character development throughout this series, the the cultural independence and the 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 impact that they have as well as bending as well as the lessons that you learn 
everything is so perfectly coordinated and thought through. It's not just a series to be entertaining. It's a series that had a point to it. And they did it so perfectly. It, it definitely falls under one of my categories is one of my favorite shows. Yeah, same. It is honestly one of my favorite shows. I can literally have like... It was like one of those desert island questions. If you had to pick three shows to be on a desert island with, Avatar The Last Airbender is definitely going to be in one of those slots. For sure. Actually, yeah, let's it, answer this question. If you had to pick three shows to take to, with you to a <laughs> desert island, what are your three shows? Ooh, that's tough. That's really tough. My three shows? Um. Okay, so I know a lot of people don't like this, but for me, one of them would definitely be The Office because it has enough seasons to keep me entertained and I can rewatch it and Agreed. still enjoy it. <laughs> I, I like The Office as well. Yeah, um, definitely one of them. Another one would be Avatar The Last Airbender. The third one, though, is very much up to debate. I haven't really thought about any particular series that has impacted me the same way like Avatar or The Office has done. Um, so that third one is a little bit more ambiguous, but for the most part, Office, Avatar The Last Airbender are like my two first picks. What about you? So I, I like The Office one, right? but I don't want to take that one from you, so I'll, I'll let you have that one. Okay. Uh, obviously, Avatar The Last Airbender, because I just said that one. You of know. course. Um, I'm going to say... Ultimate Spider-Man, the uh, old Ooh. Disney show with uh, uh, Josh. Drake Bell. Drake Bell, that's it. Drake Bell. <laughs> Josh. Oh, yeah, it was Drake and Josh, so I had to remember which one was who. <laughs> Josh's voice overlaid on Spidey. Instead of oh, my Bell. God. <laughs> <laughs> that would be so bad. But, yeah, with Drake Bell. It would have to be that one just because, like, I don't know. I'm on a desert island. I'm taking that I can't get access to anything else except for these three shows. So I really like Spider-Man. So I'm going to get my fix from that show. Of course. Um, And one last show. It really has to be a good show. You got this. I believe in you. Give us that wham bam. I'm going to say it. Adventure time. Dog, no fucking way. You have no... Dude, okay, no, I'm not even... I'm not fronting, I'm not lying. It, I don't care. Dude, literally, that was the one I was going to tell you right after you were done. I figured out my last one, and Adventure Time was the last fucking show that I would pick. <laughs> 100%, dog. I, it, it would have to be Adventure Time. It has to be. It's such a good... Oh my god, Adventure Time is another show that is so good, it... It blows my mind, my guy. Honestly. Like, I love kids' shows, especially nowadays, because some kids' shows are just, like, hit different. You know? Like, Avatar. Avatar was a kids' show back in the day, but it hit so different. Yeah, it really did. Especially, the rewatchability is so high to the point that when you grow older, you can rewatch these series and genuinely get new stuff from them or look at different outputs or just different easter eggs or just different plot points that you weren't able to when you were a child honestly like adventure time is one of those things that i can just throw on and just have on and it's just a perfect amount of white noise for me but at the yep. same time i can pit i can tune into it at any point and just enjoy the show 
Yep, absolutely. That is a hundred percent what I what I agree with. It's funny because I was talking to a buddy of mine and he came over and I was watching it. I, I so I started rewatching Adventure Time again and I was I think on the second season and he was talking to me and he loves it as well and we brought up the point where it's like it's so funny how that show started off on the surface area it looks so innocent and it looks like a basic children's show you know but as the seasons progress they talk about so much heavy topics that it almost makes it like an adult swim type of show in my opinion honestly dude Honestly, I don't know how I don't know how Adventure Time wasn't on Adult Swim. Adult Swim for sure is is one that I loved because they weren't afraid to tackle those subjects. You know, they weren't afraid to to deal with heavy subjects or talk about um, stuff that are more adult like topics. Yeah. And oh my God, Adventure Time was a perfect re- representation of that. And the deeper you get into the seasons, the deeper the lore gets too, and the deeper the topics get as well. Honestly, like the the like the first, I would say like three seasons are a good Cartoon Network show. After that, it's most definitely more of an Adult Swim show. Uh, fun fact, um, I don't know if you know this, but the first, the intro that you see was, I, if I'm not mistaken, a first take when the creators did it and you know this because in the background when they're saying adventure time come on grab your friends we're going to distant lands while they're saying that there's keyboard typing in the background if you listen super closely and it's because the creators basically just grabbed their uke turned on the mic and started singing and just made that song out of the first take and it's it's so cool to see because it's just i don't know it's just it's cool you know (laughs) it's it shows that they they put in that effort but they did that one take and they had some of those errors but they decided to run with it and i think almost every opening of adventure time when finn goes on jake and he lifts him up right before that continues you'll hear keyboard typing almost every single time i'll have to keep a ear out for that next time i watch adventure time for sure it's really cool honestly i i like adventure time so i rewatched adventure time so much i could probably do an over analyzing adventure time oh my god i think that would be really fun that would be really fun i mean i would join you on that for sure when, when i lived with you we watched adventure time so much <laughs> we watched almost the whole series <laughs> <laughs> i think while you lived with me adventure time was probably on the tv 85 percent of the time right absolutely the other <laughs> the other 15 percent was uh green grumps <laughs> Or just like any other YouTube. Yep. Or you playing video games. <laughs> honestly. But dude, oh my god, Adventure Time holds such a special place in my heart. Honestly, it really does. Old Cartoon Network shows were just built different in my opinion. They just, they were so out there and they were so ahead of their time. Kind of like similar to like World of Gumball, The Amazing World of Gumball or like Adventure, not Adventure Time, <laughs> uh, the regular show. Like those shows were so ahead of their time it was just weird to see it at the point that we were seeing it all right so so you watched so you're telling me you watched a lot of cartoon network right yes i I watched a good amount of cartoon network when i was younger with a little bit of nickelodeon in there all right so i'm going to introduce you to a concept that i learned from uh watching over analyzing avatar's stream one day he brought up the concept of eldritch nostalgia or something like that eldritch nostalgia what is that where it's when you remember something so deep that it just hits you with a oh my god you know hmm 
example? It kind of it kind of hits you with a memory that you just can't fathom, like Liberty Kids, for example. Oh, Liberty Kids. Wait, that sounds so familiar. Hang on, let me let me let me do a little quickie search of this. Oh, okay, yeah, Liberty Kids. I didn't see much of them, but I know they were definitely on on TV for a long time. Yeah. So, as someone who watched a lot of Cartoon Network, this show is my like eldritch memory. Hero 108. Please tell me you remember this show. Hero 108. Oh god, hang on. Google, please Oh, whoa. Oh my god. Hang on. Yo, I haven't that is such a distant memory for me. It almost feels like it's fake. Honestly, dude, same. When I was trying to find the name of this show cuz like he was bringing it up, right? When he was talking about like these Eldritch memories, I'm like, "Wait, where's this show? I remember this random show, right? It literally took me an hour and a half to find this show." I couldn't find it on Cartoon Network's wiki. Like, when I looked up Cartoon Network shows from the 2000s to to the era that this show came out, it doesn't show up on the wiki. Oh, wow. That's how, like, hard it was fine. When I finally found it and remembered that it was an actual real show, dude, I liked this show so much, I would watch it all the time. I would wake up early on school days just to catch the episodes of this show. Do you have any shows like like that that are like these eldritch memories? Oh, let me let me let me let me think real quick. I'm I'm currently looking through Hero 108, and I know for a fact I've seen this in my childhood, and it, it it's such a weird memory because it's not really talked about in Cartoon Network. It's not, dude. I would say that's hard because like a lot of the TV shows that I did like were kind of mainstream, I guess, that they still are remembered. You know? Yeah. Like, they're not as obscure as, like, Hero 108. For me... Like, I mean, I, I guess another good one would be, like, uh, My Gym Partner's a Monkey. Do you remember that show? Yes, I watched the fuck out of that show. That show was really underrated. My Gym Partner was a monkey. It was a banger. Absolutely. It kind of came out at the same time as, like, Total Drama Island, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, like, and like uh, foster homes for imaginary friends. Yes, absolutely. That that's kind of like where it it kind of started for me. A uh, one that super that I remember watching that. So I, I had um, I was looking through old shows and one that I couldn't remember the name and I had to research for a little bit, but it was Generator Rex. Uh, Generator Rex. I don't know if you've ever watched that show. Oh wait, I think I have. Hold on. It's a, it's such oh, a good yeah. show. I know it's this show. So, it's so fucking cool. It was around with like Ben 10, right? Yes, absolutely. And they had a crossover with Ben 10. Yep, and, I remember it, that. It was the coolest shit. And I remember I watched, I watched the fuck out of Ben 10. Ben 10 was like my childhood. Absolutely. Oh, yeah. That, that, that was Dude, such a ben, big part. I watched Ben 10 so much. I had one of those like Omnitrex toys yep, that I would wear same. all the time. Yep, same. <laughs> I also had like the figurines and like I knew the lore of every character. Dude, I was I was so into Ben 10. It wasn't funny. And I remember when they did the crossover when Generator Rex came out. I want to say Generator Rex came out when Alien Force came out. 
So like the second or third season of Ben 10. So it wasn't the yeah. first season, but like w- when he was a teenager, then Generator Rex came out. And the fact that this dude had nanobots in his skin that made him change into certain things, I immediately fell in love with it. And I watched the fuck out of Generator Rex. And the fact that they had a crossover with Ben 10 was so cool. It was one of those things that just, oh my God, it's my childhood. It's so cool. Honestly. Uh, were you a big fan of uh, Codename Kid Next Door? Dude, oh my god. You have no... Dude, I was such a big fan of Codename Kid Next Door. I I loved that show so much. Ironically, I wasn't... So, I grew up in a super strict household. I wasn't allowed to watch all of the episodes because it was super monitored by my family. But when I... Because, like, you know, in Codename's Kid Next Door, they deal with a lot of weird things, if that makes sense. So my family didn't really, you know, being super religious, they didn't really agree with it so much. So I wasn't able to watch it. But the episodes that I were able to watch, I fucking loved it. And it was such a great show. But dude, I watched Code, Codenames Kid Next Door all the time. Because it was really the show that was on when I got home from school. When I originally put on Cartoon Network when I got home from school. It tended to be Codenamed Kids Next Door. Right. They played that show a lot when I was younger. And I just ended up watching it because it was on, on TV. Oh, yeah. Uh, Ed, Ed, and Eddie. That was also a really good show. Oh my God, yes. But I'll be honest, I I didn't watch so much of it. Um, I I, I can't remember why. I'm almost positive it's just because my family didn't like the way that they acted. So they they yeah. they thought that they thought that I would act the same way. So they didn't <laughs> want me being that way. So I didn't watch much of Ed, Ed and Eddie. But when I did, it was it was great. I loved the animation style and I I loved this the story and whatnot. Honestly. Uh, what are some other really good, uh, Cartoon Network shows? Mm, I mean, regular show is definitely one of them, but that's more, more later. Yeah. I mean, granted, regular show did start in, like, 2009. Yeah. So, it is within that time range. I can't believe regular show started in 2009. Jesus. Yeah, it really feels like it started in, like, (laughs) 2012 or 2013. Honestly. I think that's when it just started getting really good. Yeah, that's true. That's when it went. The Amazing World of Gumball is also a really underrated, but really good show. Honestly, dude, I really I like uh, Amazing World of Gumball. Amazing World of Gumball is surprisingly funny too. Yeah, it's so funny. They got some really good jokes. They, they do. <laughs> I want to say like Adventure Time, Amazing World of Gumball, regular show. Those shows came out like that specific point in time where the humor was acceptable at that point but way ahead of its time so much ahead of its time that yeah. you can watch it nowadays and you'd probably still laugh the fact that it it is very current in the time that it's made yeah because like it was that like edgy humor but it was that edgy humor that had the skirt around little children it was it was um tasteful edgy humor yeah you know it was just like if you're paying attention enough and you get it you get it. Yeah, it was like very much like Disney shows back then or Disney movies, correction. Um that had those like you know, yeah. the parents would take their kids to it and the parents would get a kick out of it because they would have innuendos and and jokes like that, but the kids wouldn't have any they wouldn't know any of the wise. They wouldn't be any of the wiser because, you know, they just don't get it. But if you rewatch it when you're an adult, you're like, "Oh, wait a minute. Yeah, that that's what that means." Yeah. 
Uh, did you watch uh, My Life as a Teenage Robot? Oh, my God. Yeah, I did. That was also a banger of a TV show. That was an absolute banger of a TV show. That was on Nickelodeon, though. True. Nickelodeon had a lot of bangers when, when I was young, though. Oh, yeah. 100% so. Nickelodeon had a lot of bangers when I was younger. <laughs> One of the shows that I remember growing up um, with a super strict religious family, um, I was almost forbidden to watch this show, but I... I have the fondest memory of having an old, like, I want to say maybe 17-inch big TV. You know, the ones that are like the, I forgot the name of it exactly, but the ones that the have. The CRTVs? Yes, the CRTVs that are just really big and clunky. I remember watching Danny Phantom on that show, and I remember I had to have the remote so close by to me, and I would switch the channel to SpongeBob to that show because I was almost forbidden to watch that show because it was about, you know, ghosts. Yeah. So I rem- But that show was such dude, a— Dude, Danny Phantom was so dude, good. Dude, so good. That that holds such a childhood memory in my heart. If you're talking about uh old, like, classic Cartoon Network—or not Cartoon Nickelodeon— Let's talk about Cat Dog. Dude, Cat Dog, the moment the moment that theme song came on, it was an instant bop, just immediately, facts. just Cat Dog. Facts, man. <laughs> I didn't watch much of Cat Dog, but I know for a fact it was a good show. Oh my god, we can't forget. I mean, personally, I want to rewatch this. Not rewatch, but watch it fully. I only watched bits and parts of it. I don't know if it was a cartoon. I think it was a Cartoon Network show. But Samurai Jack, my guy. Oh, yeah. Samurai Jack was really good. That's another show that uh, has gained the uh, anime title. Yep. Have you Probably not since you did grow up in a more strict home. But did you watch a lot of boondocks? Oh. <laughs> yeah, behind my parents' <laughs> back, yeah. <laughs> Dude, boondocks was such a good boondocks show. Boondocks was hilarious, my guy. I love the boondocks. Uh, I actually recently saw this video. Me and you should try it. We, we could do it as like a video or something. They did uh, Boondocks the Drinking Game. They were about, within two episodes, they were like 20, 30 drinks in. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, bro. They were absolutely sloshed within like the first few episodes. <laughs> god damn. One of the guys were taking shots, and the host of the video was like, dude, I wouldn't do that if I was you. Don't do not do that, my guy. <laughs> don't do it. <laughs> so, me and you should definitely try that. I think it would be really fun. Facts. I remember when I got into, I want to say, my later teenage phases in life, I got into a lot of anime. And I don't know what can be same to said for you, but, like... Anime, for the most part, has been a really, really big part of my life, especially when I was growing up, because anime was one of those things that it didn't look so menacing or dastardly or evil, according to my family, so I was able to kind of get away with it. It was just weird for them, you know? But I still watched a fuck ton of anime. Oh, dude, animes are so good. Uh, I, I got into anime in, like, middle school, high school. Obviously, I still watch a ton of anime now. But I, I read a lot of uh, manga in high school. I was that kid who can walk into the library and be like, I'm going to check out 15 books of this uh, manga <laughs> series that we have. I'll bring it back by the end of the day, I promise. For sure. <laughs> what are your favorite animes that you've Oof. watched, at least Oof. religiously? That is tough. Cause I don't think I've I don't think I've actually ever asked you this. Whatever you're like, what are your go-to animes? Ooh, that's 
oh my god, that's that's rough to ask because honestly, I love a whole lot of animes. I I mean, so do I. But I, like, if I had to go, oh, we're doing an anime night, and I have to pick the anime. It could be any anime. I have a few that would be like, all right, let's just watch this one. You know, the most impactful, I would say, from my youth. Um, I would say, okay, so I know this is, this is gonna get a lot of hate, and I I know that it's a shitty anime at this point, but at least the first arc was decent was Sword Art Online. Sword Art Online was, like, a very big plot point. That was when I started getting into more, um, Sojin anime, where it was, like, you know, more, like, fighting, more intense, not so much story-driven. It was story-driven, but not to the extent as other anime. I was gonna say, it was very story-driven. What are you talking about? It was very, st- it, it was, <laughs> it was really good story-driven. I, I'll say that. But I'm trying to find the right words for it. It was more action-packed than what I normally watch. But yeah, I, I get what you mean. And like the first arc was changed my whole life with video games, with with everything. I I adored that anime so much when I was younger. Oh yeah, that first arc was amazing. It's sad that it's just like softcore yeah, hentai. It, it kind of after the first arc kind of turned into garbage. <laughs> no, <laughs> like and I hate saying that because I I really do love the series, but I'm it's just damn that that first arc was great and then after that they completely dropped the ball on it horribly yeah yeah they did another big anime i'd say of course is like tokyo ghoul tokyo ghoul i i watched too was a really really strong point one of one of my go-to animes you were like oh we're having an anime night pick the anime would be full metal alchemist oh my god full metal alchemist brotherhood if you watch normal full metal alchemist you can leave any party that you're coming to of course, no brotherhood, brotherhood, <laughs> because they actually I know that Full Metal Alchemist, the first one, um, followed the manga up until it passed the manga, and then it didn't really accurately represent, you know, the stuff that was going on. Whereas Brotherhood actually accurately followed the manga, and that was really good. Yeah, dude, Full Metal Alchemist was one of those shows that I rewatched a ton, cried every time I got to the point when they got to. Uh... The little girl and the dog, I can't remember their name, and I really feel really bad about it. Like, I know their name, but... Facts. No, I forget their name. But... It's such a repressed memory, because I just shove it down as deep as I can. <laughs> <laughs> True. That was... It's such a good anime, man. That show hits hard, too, because of the, like, the stuff they talk about. Oh, yeah, for sure. Especially the heavy topic of loss in that anime. It's oh, super yeah. prevalent. And I like the way they go about it, too, just because, like, in this world where you have this form of science slash magic that you you feel like you have the world in your hands, but there's still such a limitation on it, you know? Exactly. You can't bring someone back from the dead. It doesn't matter how hard you try, and that was a super strong plot point of the anime. Uh, another really good anime that I will watch a thousand times is Death Note. Oh, See, okay, 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 okay. I have, I have mixed opinions about Death Note because I love it, hundred percent. Ooh, okay. Are, are we gonna have a, are we gonna have a friendly debate here? I think we will because, in my, okay, so, I, I really, I adore it. I love it with all of my heart. I think it was such a good anime. The one point that I will, the hill that I will die on, is that L died way too soon, for the plot. In my opinion, I feel like his death was almost unnecessary just for him to get replaced by another version of him. That's one of my biggest pet peeves of Death Note. I I agree with it. I understand. But at the same time, it just upsets me that 
he was found out in such a uh, a mundane way, and that's what caused him his death. I don't. I feel like it would have been really. It would have been nice to see L live at least a little bit longer. And uh, yeah, that's that's where I die on because I feel like L died a death that was a little bit too soon for the plot. I actually agree because I hated that second detective. Dude, I hated him. I I hated I I hated him. I'm sorry. It was awful. I didn't like him. It was just a version of L that tried being like L but was never the equivalent of L, you know? There there was no replacing L. And that's why it pissed me off when he died for such a bullshit reason. I feel like that was just that was that was just a bad plot point in my opinion. I love the show, I really do. But the minute that L died, I basically kind I skimmed through the other episodes and I just basically watched the ending because after L died, not much happened. You know, with the new detective, I don't like how he just bed ran the entire freaking case. You know. Yeah, like, L took time. He had effort. He It took time for him to realize and put the pieces together of who Kira was. But then this little, little smug bitch comes along and, no, speed runs the whole thing. Like, nah, fuck you. Like, that basically discredits L of everything that he went through and everything that he did and all of his efforts. Honestly. So I guess it's not a debate. <laughs> nope. Death Note was one of those animes. You don't know who to root for. You obviously have this like main character with uh light you know god complex yeah you have this main character with a god complex and you're like yes what he's doing is noble but at the same time he's kind of slipping you know it's kind of getting to him yeah exactly and that's what i love showing about it because it just shows the human aspect of people that have god complexes or people that you know, if you were given the power of a god, it's really hard to reject it getting to your head. It's almost impossible. Honestly. Because you have that power to do that, and it shows light doing it for a just way, and then kind of devolve to the fact that, no, now he will just kill anyone and everyone that stands in his way in order to reach his goal. And it's a sad story, but it's also a really a, a cool story, you know? Honestly. But L was such a massive plot to that kira and l light and l were the strongest points of that story and the minute they killed off l it really lost a lot of traction and a lot of strength that the story had in my opinion yeah i, I would have much preferred to see the ending with uh like even if it ended the same way with light dying i would have much preferred to see it happen with l instead of the other detective exactly exactly because in the beginning, like, when you know the story, if you know how, how, um... See, how how I feel about it is is the fact that I feel like the creators of the show wanted it to, for everyone to kind of get what they wanted. They gave Light what he wanted by uh, him finding out L's identity so he can kill him. They gave, essentially, L and everyone rooting for L what they wanted by Light being figured out and being killed by the yeah. police, you know? But... I feel like the show would have been a lot better if both sides didn't get what they want. Exactly, because it was the pure idea of cat and mouse. They were equipped, the idea of the intelligence that both Light and L had was so equivalent to each other that they were the perfect rivals for each other. 
And the fact that they killed him off, like, it, it just felt so empty, you know? And I would have much rather preferred him. Like, yeah, even, like, we all knew from the beginning, you have this power, chances are you're gonna die with this power. Having the power of a Shinigami is is a power that, you know, is dedicated to Shinigamis, not humans. So you can already, you know, I you can guess at the fact that, no, he probably will die on this hill. But the fact that they went about it that way, I felt like it would have been so much stronger if it would have been a cat and mouse. They would have gotten so close. But then, you know, everything else happened. You know, light was found out. L was the one to do it. And the conflict of L actually accepting light as a friend would have made it you would have been more invested in that in my opinion but the fact that they killed off light which or killed off l which was light's perfect rival it just it lost a lot of weight it really did yeah i also like to think that uh so if you know the show you know that light could have gotten the Shimigami eyes, but his lifespan would have been cut in half. Exactly, it would have been. Meaning, if he would have, if he would have taken the eyes, he would have died sooner in the show. Probably, which, <laughs> <laughs> which would be interesting to think about. But at the same time, I'm glad that he didn't, because it makes sense the reason why he didn't. You know. Oh yeah, and I also feel like for light. It wasn't about knowing the name. It was about the hunt for the name. Exactly. You know, it wasn't about him immediately knowing the name. It was about him figuring it out and gaining it for himself. Yep. <sighs> Talking about these shows makes me want to rewatch all of them, but I don't have the time <laughs> and the day for that. I mean, see, with <laughs> anime, I can forgive it a little bit more because it's only 20 minutes an episode. You know, you can you can bang out a lot of episodes in anime compared to modern TV shows that are like 40 minutes each episode you know 45 if not an hour oh yeah like squid game for example e each episode of squid game is like an hour long and it's insane yep. it takes a lot of time but for me that's kind of why i love anime you can watch an episode or two you can watch maybe just one episode a day and you would get that fulfillment and it would be quick enough so that you can enjoy it watch it and then get on with the stuff that you need to get on but something that has an hour watch time you really need to make sure you sit down and you have that time to pay attention to that you know yeah until the, until the animes get to like 25 seasons and then i'm like all right you're done i'm i'm not this is too much <laughs> True, that, that's fair Another anime that I actually recently just finished with Becca. I don't know if you've ever watched it. Um, incredible anime, I will say. I really think they did amazing with the adaptation with the manga. Is Assassination Classroom. I personally really don't like Assassination Classroom. I've never been able to get into it. Ooh, interesting. Now, I know a lot of people have had that thought and notion. Because the reality is, in the beginning seasons, it does come on really weak. And the fact that... They have certain characters and certain people that they show doesn't really make it, like, pleasing. And I, I know because Becca struggled with the same issue. I wanted to show her this anime, and I was like, okay, 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 just give it a chance. Wait, just wait, just wait. And I had to make sure that that point passed. But when you get deeper into the seasons, the character development, the story, the emotion the heaviness of the situation it, it's it's so good it's one of those animes that it's one of those shows that are like Im immensely hard to get into you know 
it's it's really it's really it, there's a lot of deterrence there's a lot of turnoffs there's a lot of things that make you not want to watch it or think that it's kind of crap yeah but see here's that thing like if i'm gonna sit down and you're saying that all the good stuff is in the later seasons why am i gonna sit here and try to watch these few seasons to understand the and, later and seasons i you respect know? that i've tried very hard to get into the show i i've i've tried I one personally the animation style is just not my thing. I kind of don't like it. You know, uh, the characters are, and to me personally, are very all unlikable. So I, since I don't like any of the characters, I'm not gonna sit here and watch multiple seasons of characters I don't like just to get to the character development that is yeah. there. You know, I I would want to hopefully see some of that character development at least in the first couple seasons to at least try to hook me onto like one or two characters you know to be honest that's why i don't blame people for not liking the show it's a super hard show to get into it's it sucks because the i want to say after even like the first half of the first season or even after the first season that's when it really shines but it's it's one of those things you know if you can't capture the interest of people out of the first few episodes or even out of the first season you know it's hard to envelop people in that sense of you know awe or just appreciation of that it's tough and i don't i don't hold it against anyone you know when i first started watching assassination classroom i hated it i didn't like it at all i'm just one of those people that even if i hate it i'm just curious of how the story is gonna go and with watching it more is when i was like oh shit wait a minute they're on to something but it is one of those things where it's super uh, uh, opinion based on if you want to keep watching it you know um and i respect that completely because i know for a fact the beginning the beginning season is super weak it's it's very very weak the characters are unlikable i will say that the reason why they're so unlikable is because they have super strong character development in the later seasons which shows the the point is to show where they were to where they are now that is one of the biggest plot points of the show to show the before and the after of these people i mean don't get me wrong it's all right to have those kind of characters but for all of the characters is for me personally to hit that point of unlikableness is kind of hard you know at least give me one character to hook onto exactly and that that's that's why it hurts me because i i i 100 agree with you it's just that's the route that the story went and that's the purpose that is p- completely 100 percent purposeful of the creators they they wanted to make sure that you didn't like the characters the whole point of e-class and the whole point of that classroom you're not supposed to like anyone they're all supposed to be hated losers that is the point of it but throughout the story you see the progression and the the development of these characters and it it's super cool to see but i don't you know knock you for not liking it you know a lot of people don't like assassination classroom but it is one of those things where i did finish it i rewatched it and it's it's a cool anime it's one of those animes that i, I rewatched. you know yeah i i, I get that but I get it. It's super tough. It's super tough. And that's what makes me, it kind of sucks with a lot of animes or even just shows, period, that if they don't have strong plot points in the beginning, it's super hard for people to jump on that show and say and enjoy it because they don't have that um, that development or that, that hook that they need. Same same with like stories or same with, with writing literature. If you don't have a good hook, chances are people won't give a fuck to read the rest of your book. Yeah. And same with shows. On the flip side of that, though, one show... I know we've talked about this show already, but 
I love this show. You love this show. That had a banger of the of a first episode. The first episode alone hooked you into the entire season. Attack on Titan. Oh my god, yeah. Oh my god. Whoo! Don't you? Oh my god, bro. Attack on Titan was so good. It still is amazing. And and uh, I mainly just want to talk about the first episode because as as you said, like some shows just don't have that hook where Attack on Titan hits every point of dopamine your brain can hit. Yep, every single point. You know, even people that aren't anime fans. I showed okay, so I I made Becca sit down and watch. It. And mind you, she is an anime lover, but it's super tricky to get her into certain animes the minute i showed her that first episode to every person i've ever shown that show to immediately they're like okay but what happens what what does this mean what does that mean but but what is this they're immediately invested and i love it because it shows that it does such a good job of a pilot episode it really wraps you in to the story and to the world that they're building it, like <clears throat> the pilot gives you just enough they tell you just enough to hook in those like like you said before i need to know questions you know why are these walls here what are the titans doing here what the fuck just happened who's that big ass titan you know yep yep what the fuck is a titan like... <laughs> yeah what the fuck's a titan oh shit the main character just had to watch his mom die <laughs> yeah like holy shit that's all in the first episode so much shit happens it's just it's so good all in the first episode and within 20 minutes that episode feels like an hour long just because of how intense it is yep it really does and like currently with the the final part of the season coming out in january i think it is um i super can't wait. hyped for it <laughs> I, i'm super hyped. so i i wanna so it's like the movie that comes out, right? No, it's not a movie. It's it's a it's still it's the second part of the series. It's the final part of the series. Yeah, it's the final part of the series, but I know they're like doing like a two-parter, but they're just doing it together, I yeah. think, and doing it as like a long thing, so it's technically a movie yeah, like technically. But um but yeah, that point. So, I don't know. I know I tried getting you into it. I don't know if you you actually have, but the last point where the animated Attack on Titan series left off, I decided to go and to find the manga and read from that point on, and I basically finished the entire manga. And let me tell you, that shit brought me to tears, my guy. That was such a strong story. I really hope they encapsulate in the animated series what the manga delivered. Oh, I'll have to look into it. I don't like reading... uh mangas specifically online so it's very hard for me to read it online i much prefer the physical book so that's why i haven't read it because one i don't have the money for the physical books and two i don't have the time to sit down and read a physical book so i'm just waiting on the uh last episodes and once it does come out i do want to get the collection again i just recently got the uh box set collection that has the first four mangas oh my god i i really hope it even if this is done and over with please please read the manga series the manga series is incredible absolutely incredible and i really hope so the biggest thing that impacts me right now um i forget his name i think it's hajime sama i may be butchering that but i i know the creator of attack on titan 
he finished the manga and then a little bit later he basically made an alternate ending now there is a really strong debate right now of which ending is either canon or which is the better one in my opinion the original ending that he he put is the best ending in in my honest opinion the alternate ending that he made just feels like an excuse to satisfy everyone that was upset with the original ending that's how it feels i'll, I'll have to look into it then yeah and I, that's why i encourage you to because that i i want you to read just, even if you find the part where you left off in the anime and read the rest of it that is more than enough you know because the way that they go about it in the manga is I'm hoping the same way they go about it in animation, but I am not 100% sure because the way that he ended it the first time, a lot of people didn't like, but at the same time, it was it was a super bittersweet ending. I'm not going to spoil anything, but it was one of those endings that it left you satisfied, but it also left you empty as fuck inside. Oh, I, I'm fully aware I'm expecting this anime to gut me when I watch or read the ending i know this is going to be an anime that does not end happy does not end happy dude i will say right now it does not it does not it, at least the original ending that he made is so beautiful it is almost poetry in my opinion because from the start of the anime as well as the manga the whole point is to show a boy that had this passion that had this drive that was so just in his ways basically being broken by the world and the circumstance that he was given and opted to choose another way that was basically horrible you know and it shows that impact and oh my god dude when when you read certain things that happen that make sense in the anime if you read it it, it makes you almost angry but it also it just it makes so much sense it, I'll be honest, when I read the last part of the anime, the way that they ended it off, when I was reading, I started tearing up. Like, it almost, it left me in tears, This the first part of the story, because it's such a beautiful form of a, a dark form of poetry that it doesn't end well. It really doesn't. But the, le the, the lesson that you learn from it and the characters that you derive from it is so impactful that you just can't help but to still love that ending. But then he made the other ending that kind of retcons that entire ending, the first one that he did. And that's why it kind of feels like it's more of a pandering to the people that complained about the first ending because they didn't get what they wanted. Which is why I'm not really a fan of the alternate ending versus the original ending. I, I, totally, I totally get that. Yeah. And a lot of shows go with that. You know, a lot of shows deal with that. And it kind of sucks in my opinion. I was talking to a buddy of mine. And I discussed with them, I'm like, it really does suck that the consensus of the internet really impacts a writer because they may present a story, but if people don't like that story, they kind of almost force the writer to change certain parts of it. Unless the writer stands his ground and says, no, fuck you guys, this is how my story is, you either like it or you don't. But then there's other times where they pressure them so much to the point that they're like, okay, I'll, I'll make another ending, you know, or I'll... I'll I'll make an OVA and that will fill in the gaps or that'll fix certain stuff of the original one just because people didn't like the first ending. Yeah. And that's kind of sad. Yeah, because, like, when it comes to media like that, where it's, like, shows, movies, books, and stuff like that, it's, it's different than, like, your traditional form of, like, drawing or music. You, like, 
a community can't bully an artist to change a painting because they didn't like it, you know? Right. Or a change a lyric of a song because that a community didn't like it, you know? It's more of the story-based side of art who gets bullied in this way to pander towards the audience, even though that's not what the creator wanted. Exactly. It's kind of like certain ships that in certain animes, they'll, they'll force a ship just because people and fandoms deem that that ship's worthy. And that kind of pisses me off a little bit, you know? Oh, yeah. Dude, the sh- some ships are just so bad, And forced, dude. too. Uh, most, most ships are so bad and forced, you know? Yeah, and it's kind of sad. I, I don't agree with it at yeah, all. Absolutely. Like, I'm totally fine with you having your own headcanon. Head cannons are okay because you don't bother anyone else about it. You don't bully anyone else about it. They're you're just it's your own personal thing, how you personally exactly. see it. Exactly. Totally fine with it. Just don't force it upon other people. Exactly. There's there's no reason to, but unfortunately, and this is just the honest truth, most fandoms are a good strong point of like stands that are fandoms of certain stuff are incredibly toxic and they will force certain things because they think that it's the best way. And it's just kind of shitty in that aspect, you know? And they will bully the artist to make sure they get what they want. I don't know why anime stands are just so toxic, especially when it comes to shows, dude. Yeah, it's really sad to see, it, it, being honest, you know? That's like a big deterrent It, it is, people. because, like, when you tell people, like, oh, yeah, I like anime, they're going to think of those really toxic anime stands. Because when you recommend a show, that's going to be the first thing they see are these toxic anime stands. Yep. And honestly, that's why I don't watch a lot of animes when they first come out, you know? Yeah. Because these toxic anime stands are going to be so crowded around it that liking it becomes either a crime or a praising, you know? Yeah, that's like saying I like SAO. Just me saying that is will get me shit on by so many anime stands. But it's like, no, I enjoy the first arc. I do agree that the fact that they went bad during the rest of the arcs, and at this point it's just softcore porn, I don't agree with that. But the first arc and the concept that they were going with was amazing, and you can't tell me otherwise. Yeah, that that very first arc was the golden point for that show, unfortunately, you know? Yeah, it was. They, they just had a banger of a first season and fell off yeah but then of course because of that now you say oh i like sao and everyone chews your ass out for it and it's like come on there's no reason for that you know there's no reason yeah i feel like especially when it comes to art that or story writers that are really good like you know like junji ito or hajime isama i think that's his name uh, the creator of attack on titan like people that create their own stories leave them be let them create the story and just experience it. You can make your own head cannons. You can make your own ships. You can be upset, angry, or bothered by whatever points that they wanted to bring up. But when you basically force them into making other forms of shit just to gratify the consensus of, of opinions, it's really sad because then all of their hard work kind of feels like for nothing because then it starts to be something of pandering to their audiences you know and that's something that should never happen i feel like when it comes to like the entertainment like you said leave it alone you know like yeah have your head cannons get mad about it get upset about it you know 
don't like this certain part. Yeah, exactly. But realize that you're experiencing the art the way that this art was supposed to be experienced, you know? Exactly. It was made the way that the artist wanted you to view it. So just appreciate that. But people don't. Like I said, you can't bully an artist because you don't like this portion of this painting. Oh, this point of this portion of this painting offends me. I don't like the way it's portrayed. Change this part of it. An artist is not going to be like, oh, yes, let me erase this bit and redo it for you. You know? <laughs> exactly. It's just that's that's not how it works. And I really wish people applied that to all forms of art because you should just appreciate what the artist is able to deliver accept it and just enjoy what you can take from it you can hate it you can like it but that's the point of art it's subjective it's not meant for everyone it's not meant to gratify everyone art is not meant to please everyone it's meant to be within the eyes of the beholder the artist that makes it that's the way they want to show it but when you shit on it and you make them feel bad for it, it's super, it's really not cool, you know? It's a really disrespectful thing to do because they put their livelihood and their creativity on this. But just because you didn't like that this character did this with this character or these characters didn't end up together, that's it. I'm canceling the whole show. Like, are you serious? Like, get over yourself, honestly. It's, it's, it's pathetic, really. And I really hope that people can appreciate art more than what they are now you know and just appreciate the artist that actually does it specifically with storytelling artists because like you said you don't really see that from musicians or regular painters or drawers you know you don't really see that but you see that a lot more with story-driven art because they have a direction that they can go that the artist chooses to go to and because of that it can be technically influenced by the people and it's it's sad to see yeah all right, it looks like the lounge is closing up for the night. Thank you if you came across us and decided to stay and listen to us talk about our favorite shows or shows that had a decent impact on us. We hope to see you next time in Lounge in the Abyss. See ya. Take care.